Well, the 2024 Grammy Awards were full of occult vampires, throwbacks to classic artists, and of course, Taylor Swift controversies. And there can't be an award show in Hollywood without also seeing what look like occult references like Doja's cat's Doja Cat's forehead tattoo, Olivia Rodrigo performing her vampire song with fake blood, and apparently there was so much more drama happening behind the scenes. Celebrities dissing each other, an audience member flashing a triangular hand sign, and more. Was it all scripted? Well, join me, Ben, on this Edge of Wonder live show as I uncover what really happened at the Grammys, plus a live Q&A followed by a meditation slash prayer only on Rise.TV. So I'll see you guys out on the edge. Hey everyone, hope you're doing well on this Tuesday. Uh, Rob is actually traveling, so he wasn't able to make it on the show. But uh, for those of you listening to our Edge of Wonder podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or elsewhere, please leave us a five-star rating and review. Also, remember to like, follow, subscribe on Rumble, Ganjing World, Twitter, YouTube, wherever you're watching us, Facebook. So, all right, but... Let's uh, let's see what's going on with the Grammys award show. So yeah, sorry, Rob wouldn't is not able to be here, but you know we'll still have the show, and Lindsay's with us. So um, uh, believe it or not, I was kind of surprised to learn that this Grammy, uh, this Grammys for 2024, had more viewership than ever in the past few years. Of course, like, you know, all these shows have been dwindling. Uh, yeah, we all know why. <laughs> but probably because of Taylor Swift, um, there was 30% more viewers. In 2022, it was, only, it was only like 9 million people watched it. In 2023, it did go up a little bit to 12 million. Um, and then, of course, 17 million watched it uh, this past week. So it's kind of crazy. This is the first time I've heard of an awards show where viewership went up between years. It's been going yeah. down. It's always been going down. So I think there was a few things that contributed to this one. One, they had like kind of some old old performers performing, such as like Joni Mitchell, um, Billy Joel, um, who... who Who's the uh, the one that's does the remake of Fast Car? I can't think of her name now. Maybe that's her song. Um, anyway, yeah. So there, there. That was, I think, one thing that was kind of going Is for it the Tracy Chapman. Show. Yeah, Tracy Chapman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and like, of course, you know, I mean, I, I think a big part of it was, of course, Taylor Swift, and that was like a big focus. You know, the, the camera seemed to always focus on her whenever they can. <laughs> so, and I think she she won most of the Grammys that night. So, um, but, you know, one thing that's not talked about, you know, we see all like the, the mainstream stuff in the Grammys, but there's like 90 awards, like somewhere between 80 to 90 awards that were given out through the Grammys. And um, like, for example, John Williams got a, a Grammy for, a song he composed for a movie there's like all this like classical music because that's really how the grammy started when you look at the very first grammy award there's no rock category there's there's only you know kind of like pop music at the time which was like 
um, Frank Sinatra kind of music and then classical. And that's really about it. It was just like through the years that kind of add new categories, but yeah, I was really, and then, then now of course, there's a whole Latin American section. There's like a world music section. Um, uh, the cl classical has a whole bunch of categories within different, within that classical section, there's like five to six different Grammy awards. So it's kind of interesting. And then, um, you know, Miley Cyrus won for, so I was really confused what record of the year means and album of the year. I'm like, what, what's the difference? But back in the day, especially, um, it's more of like who, well, now it's, the record is more of like who produced it and kind of like the engineers and everything else. And the album is the, is the year kind of more goes to the, um, the actual artist. Um, even though the artist does get, you know, one for each of them, but there's always like a whole bunch of names, um, that, you know, are artists you, producing their own stuff or not? Well, no, I mean, no, not, there's not a single artist really that exists that would produce their own stuff. It's very rare. Um, like for example, Tom McDonald is one of the first people that kind of comes to my mind, come to my mind. You know, it's like, you always have somebody that's like, even, even with Taylor Swift, there's a, a Jack, um, Antonoff who, uh, helps with the writing aspect, uh, with Taylor Swift. And he, he won for the album as well. There's, you know, there's, there's about like six names that come up under, um, Taylor Swift's album of the year award. Um, and like, cause you have a lot, you, you can't produce when you're recording, you need somebody to record it for you. Right. And that's where the producer comes in. They may give some suggestions. You have to have a master or like an, someone who, who's like mastering the, 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 the main song. Like musicians don't do this themselves. It's too hard. Yeah. It's like you need somebody who understands how to master music to do that. Like the, and you pay a lot of money to get a master copy of something like that. So after you make a song, you have to give it to, um, it has to be mastered. And, you know, they take each, each element that's been recorded and do the right levels for, for the whole song. So then, you know, you, when you listen to it, it, it sounds really full and really good. Like before mastered, even, even at a professional recording studio, the levels might be slightly off here and there, um, things like that. So, you know, they have like a massive surround. I've been, I've been in one of the rooms actually where they do mastering and it's a mat. They, they have so many different speakers because you have to hear it in different audio levels. You listen to it, headphones, you got to listen to it with like big giant speakers and everything to, and you know, they, they're like super expensive speakers. So it costs a lot to get something mastered like that. That's why a lot of artists can't do that themselves. So I just learned they do that for um for TV shows like cartoons and things. Oh yeah. Cartoons because you need to insert every single sound and then you have yep. to go sit in a theater that can actually make you hear those things. But yeah, between this true. giant room and your TV, you know, a chicken <laughs> noise or something is going to sound real different. That is so true. That's why um that's why they have categories even for um like a sound engineer for like the, the Oscars specifically, you know, there's like sound in engineer for movies and everything. Cause yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a massive undertaking. People don't think about it. And when, because when you do like for anything that you do, if you do your job really, really well, people won't even think about it. But if, but if you don't do your job well, everyone's going to talk about it. So. <laughs>
<laughs> and that that goes to say for a lot of the people in the industry doing different various different things you know it's like if you're listening to something or even like watching an actor you know if the acting is bad um yeah or sometimes you, you blame the director or it could be vice versa you know it's like oh this is the actor's fault but really it might be the director's fault you know so anyway all right let's get into some of the stuff now um I, I think the weirdest element of the whole night, and I have to admit, they're really, I, I was kind of, I think they, I was kind of surprised that they kind of toned down this Grammy, excuse me, Grammy Awards a little bit more than they could have, especially since last year with what Sam Smith doing all that weird, like directly satanic stuff on stage. But Olivier, um, Rodriguez, her this song, it's just really weird. You can play this. Um, Olivia Rodrigo, Re Olivia Rodrigo. Sorry, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know if we want to play the, the, the whole. So, this is so this is actually a whole performance, and then towards the middle of her performance, actually, you can kind of see it there that her arm just like starts bleeding, and then like the wall behind her, like just all this blood comes out and then pretty soon towards the end of the whole performance she's just covered in blood like her face and she's like rubbing it all over her body and it's just like super weird and this is for the song vampire where is the blood coming from <laughs> i don't know well that and that's that's like part of the performance right where it's just like whoa where's this coming from like how is she doing this and you can start seeing it on her face but most likely it's somewhere in her dress and like she's probably like like she doesn't move her arm when she's holding the mic pretty much the entire time so she either has something in her hand or she has something that's kind of like underneath her arm and she's probably like squeezing it or and in her hair. yeah yeah and then it's just kind of like starting to like you know appear on her body everywhere but she never really lets go of the mic. And then all this red stuff, you know, comes everywhere and red lights. And it's just like, oh my gosh, so much red. That that that's like a common theme for the yeah. So oh dude. Oh yeah, Ben skips not. <laughs> she was like uh Carrie all over again. That's right. It really does. That I wonder if that's the inspiration for it. I bet anything at it. So this is Sam Smith. That Lindsay pulled up um and and like this what she was doing has been uh mainstream media even reported on like et online you know their headline olivia rodrigo gives blood covered vampire performance um msn had a another article and um um so yeah so there there there, there was like you know i they were just putting a lot of focus onto this so but this this is probably the weirdest thing that that um well i take it back the most direct thing that happened there's actually something way more satanic that i found that it's kind of indirectly tied to the grammys which we'll get into here pretty soon but um yeah this is from uh et online you know olivia rodrigo performs bloody rendition re rendition of uh, vampire gateway pundit also this is just another 
version of it, a little bit more closer up, just focusing on her. Um, yeah. So like right there when she's like moving her hand, like that, that's the, that's the only time she kind of pulls away from the mic. So it looks like that's what she's like squeezing something. So anyway. Yeah, that's an awkward position to keep your hand in a fist like that. So she's holding something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would imagine too. So anyway, well, and then, um, so the other big controversy, and this is not really anything with the cult or whatnot, but um, Taylor Swift getting the, award, getting the award from Celine Dion. And everyone was saying that she's like dissing Celine Dion. I mean, it was kind of, you know, it's, I mean, that's the first time we've seen Celine Dion in a, in a while, I think, anyway, in public. But, you know, here she is. She gets the award. She, she just pulls it from her, doesn't even acknowledge her whatsoever, and then just goes to the podium, and everyone's, like, freaking out about it. Um, I think she was still looking at her friend, though. Yeah, I, that's what I think. She's just, like, overwhelmed with emotion and is just, like, yeah, looking at her friend, like, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't believe this, and yeah, it could have been anyone standing there giving her the the trophy. And then honestly, backstage it showed the two of them hugging and they were like got a photo together. So I, I it's just kind of funny. I think I think the media is trying to focus on anything that's related to Taylor Swift because it brings eyeballs in and attention. <laughs> I so didn't I even recognize Celine Dion though. I didn't either, to be honest. I, I didn't even, I wouldn't even not, I, I, if I saw that, I wouldn't even realize it was like Celine Dion giving her the grant, the, the award. So, yeah. So, yeah, this is like People Magazine. They were like, Taylor Swift and Celine Dion shut down fan uproar because everyone's like, you know, saying how she dissed her. But, um, yeah, but there's more Taylor Swift controversy. But before, why don't we, uh, we're going to show a trailer and we get back. Um, we'll get back into the uh, Lana Del Rey and some interesting things revolved around her. And then, of course, the big one, Doja Cat and what happened with her. So, One of the most prolific serial killers of all time has become a household name, a national phenomenon. But why? What do Bundy's family connections reveal about the deep state? Mind control, Satanism, and occult rituals. Is there a thread that ties together most of the serial killers in modern history? Once the truth is revealed, You'll never look at the deep state the same way again. Edge of Wonder exposes the deep state. All right, you guys, you can find that. Uh, um, actually, that that's also on, uh, I think it's also on YouTube and Rumble. And 
of course, our Rise.TV um, platform. That was one that we really thought we wanted everyone to see. Um, that's kind of our, what do I want to say? The, the, the one series that Rob and I did that I think we were one of, like, really the most proud of out of everything that we've accomplished, I would say, is this um, communism series that we did because it really breaks down from the origins and roots of communism going all the way through today. And it was like, I think a six episode series of so and actually it never really officially ended. We even like did a couple that, that were uh, kind of more recent times leading into China and the persecution of Falun Gong and organ harvesting, how that all, you know, how like when Bill Clinton was president, how it led to opening China to things that they probably shouldn't have been a part of and took over the World Trade Organization. But all right. Anyway, so that's all in those episodes. I think but, that one's just on Rise TV, Ben. Which one? No, no, no. Actually, it, it is one? on Rise as well. Yeah, yeah. We put it on, on because we wanted we wanted more people to see it. But I don't but, think we can put it on YouTube, though. Yeah, I don't know if we can put it on YouTube anymore. I don't think it's on YouTube, though. All right. And for those of you guys watching us, um, we do have our YouTube channel, Rise TV Official, I think. Uh, we're not calling it Edge of Wonder right now just because of the censorship, but you can find us on Rise TV. So, all right, Lana Del Rey. So this is, uh, this is really interesting because um, when Taylor won, she pulled Lana Del Rey uh, onto the stage with her. So, <laughs> and some people are like, that's such a weird thing to do, considering you're both in a category where, where you're both going to like possibly win. And she like grabs her and is like, hey, come on, come on, like come up on stage with me. So and then she's like, I don't want to go. It looks like like she's kind of like struggling, but she ends up going. So I don't know, it's just super weird. A lot of people thought this was very strange that she like brought her up. I mean, obviously, it looks like, you know, they're friends, but um. Anyway, <laughs> I don't really know. What'd you say? Did you tell me that she has a credit on Taylor's song? Well, there, there, I, there was this weird controversy where I, I thought it was her that, that supposedly people were saying she ripped off one of Taylor Swift's songs or vice versa. But actually, I don't, I don't think that was the case. But um, Lana Del Rey is a very interesting character. And I, I think that this... In some aspects, it kind of shows some some personality of Taylor Swift here. Um, so you know, L Lana Del Rey, you know, she's like super big and everything. Well, she made some quote unquote controversial statements, so claimed the media, you know. Um, and really, and like when you look at some of her songs, like she has a song called "Kim Trails Over the Country Club." She also has a song that says, "Did you know there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard?" <laughs> <laughs> and but she wrote this really really long post on Instagram a couple years back and she's basically talking about how she wants to get back into writing the songs that she wants to talk about and how like you know basically she's calling out um all the famous artists right now um Kamala or Camilla 
Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, Beyonce, and they're like, she, they all have like number one singles, wearing sexy clothes, wearing no clothes, talking about being sexy and cheating on people and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, can we go, can we please go back singing about being embodied, feeling beautiful by being in love, even in the relationship, even if the relationship is not perfect or dancing for money or whatever I want without being crucified or saying that I'm glamorizing abuse. So she's, it's really fascinating what she says. Then she goes on to say, I think it's pathetic that my minor lyrical exploration detailing my sometimes submissive or passive roles in my relationships have often, has often made people say I've set women back hundreds of years. <laughs> <laughs> it's like crazy. She's like, let me be clear. I'm not a, a feminist, but there has, has to be a place in feminism for women who look and act like me, the kind of women who says no to men, but hear yes, the kind of women who are slated mercilessly for being their authentic, authentic, delicate selves, the kind of women who get their own stories and voices taken away from them by stronger women or by men who hate women. I've been honest and optimistic, but the challenging relationships I've, I've been honest and optimistic about the challenging relationships I've had. Newsflash, that's just how it is for many women. And then she goes, the last thing she writes or she just says, and that was sadly my experience, where if I ex even expressed a note of sadness in my first two records, I was deemed literally hysterical as though it was literally 1920s. So, it, and like her music, she kind of like pulled back in in the in the fame. I would guess you would say, you know, the, the, a lot of from what I hear, and and I I do know people, you know, a lot of people in the music industry who've who've worked with a lot of these artists, and uh, a lot of them may not necessarily want to make the music that they're making. It, it, it's like, it, it's almost like they don't really have a choice. It's like, you can do this on your own, but you're not going to get any help whatsoever, you know? Um, and everything's going to be taken away from you. And so it's almost like they're, they're forced to put out these songs that instead of like doing more, a lot of them kind of want to do more of their own thing and more indie stuff, you know? It's only so many times you can have the same song just composed in different ways or change the chords around <laughs> A lot of these songs sound the same, but all right. Anyway, um, all right. Jay Z actually, you know, I was I was pretty impressed. I have to admit by Jay Jay Z's speech. I, I was kind of thinking he might say something, but he he didn't really say. He was really talking about the beginning of of rap music in the Grammys and how like Will Smith and. DJ Jazzy Jeff at the time in the 80s tried to boycott the Grammys because the rap, the rap part wasn't going to be the rap award wasn't going to be um, film, uh, broadcast. So they were trying to um, protest that. And so Jay-Z was saying, you know, a lot changed, but we can show a little bit like maybe like the last minute or so of his speech, Lindsay. Grammys and everyone and that's his daughter with him. Year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys never won album of the year. That doesn't work. You know, Talking about Beyonce, some of you, yeah. you going to go home tonight and feel like you've been robbed. 
Some of you made it, Rob. <laughs> Some of you don't belong in the category. Oh, no, 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 that was it. No, when I get nervous, I tell the truth. Um, yeah, that's pretty but fun. outside of that, outside of that, you know, we got to keep showing up. And forget the Grammys for a second, just in life. As, I, as my daughter sits and stares at me nervous as I am. Um, um, just in life, you got to keep showing up. Just keep showing up. Forget the Grammys. You got to keep showing up until, you, until they give you all those accolades you feel you deserve. Until they call you chairman. Until they call you a genius. Until they call you the greatest of all time. You feel me? Pause it right there, Lindsay. So there's that dude in the bottom. Uh, let's see. Oh, no, 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 no. I wanted you to pause it right there. Right. Okay. See if, if that bar goes away. Yeah, right there. That guy's doing a triangle hand sign to, to Jay-Z. I have no idea who that guy is. I don't know if he's just trolling him or if he's actually doing that, you know. Uh, but it is pretty funny. And it's pretty obvious too. Um, well, he's known for it, right? Yeah, no, that's what Jay Z does a lot, you know. And and even his um, um, oh, what what was the name of his clothing line? It was it was maybe it was Rockefeller, but yeah, it, it was Rockefeller, but not the way you would spell Rockefeller, like Rock uh, fellow fellow or something like that. I can't remember now, but. Yeah, and it was all like there was designs that had all. These, yeah, Rockefeller. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and there's all these like weird designs that he had. Um, yeah, so there was a clothing line, and his record company called that. And there's a lot of Illuminati symbolism and the eye and triangle and everything else. So kind of weird, but. That was just kind of funny that that guy did that. So, <laughs> I mean, in some aspects, it almost looks like he did it kind of on purpose. But, yeah, it was cool that the cameras picked that one up. So, anyway. All right. Now, I, I would say out of everything that happened at the Grammys, this was probably the most overlooked and the weirdest and darkest thing that I found. Um and actually, Dom on our team, he uh, he 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 kind of uh, this whole thing with Doja Cat, which I didn't even know who this was, never even heard of her. And she came in um, with a some name written on her forehead, uh, tattooed, written on her forehead, and it, it's kind of this. It's a designer that not a lot of people know, but a lot of the, but the thing is a lot of the people going to the Grammys were wearing her design and her name is, um, Daria, um, okay. Finduku, Findakulu, um, Daria Findakulu. She's a Turkish designer. Now, why would, I don't, one thing I'm like, this can't be a real tattoo. Like, why the heck would you get a designer on your forehead of this person who just made your dress? Uh, if you want to call that a dress, I don't even know. I mean, the whole thing was basically like see-through. Like, they, that was like the best photo I could find that wasn't showing everything. So, um... Oh, Dilara, Dilara Fenduku. 
So this is her. Actually, you want to play a little bit of this beginning, Lindsay. Just go back to the beginning. So this is this. As long as we'll things are dead, I love it. Yeah. Wait, go back. I'm sorry, I was talking. Wait, she said, "As long as things are dead, I love it." Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you gotta start from the beginning. We'll just play one minute of this. As long as things are dead, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Already, it's Delara's political propaganda suit. If I was going to be elected for the president of the world, I have Margaret Thatcher here. It says same shit, different asshole. With my clothes, I kind of do witchcraft because I believe in reincarnation. Like, obviously, my spirit chose this body and knew it was going to be fashion designer, kind of. Okay, pause it right there. <laughs> She literally just said, with my, with my clothes, I do witchcraft. <laughs> so she adds this whole witchcraft element to her clothes. Okay, keep playing for like another just 20, 30 seconds. Yeah, 20 seconds. That's fine. I collect like Victorian tops. I like that imperfections on things when it's like worn too much, but it has that beauty of like past lives to it. These dolls here is a mixture of who I am. I wear a lot of fur and red. Okay, I wear a lot of Victorian clothes. Okay, so she kind of goes into her what what influences her, and she's really big on past lives, which is kind of interesting. So she believes, I mean, she, from her understanding, I mean, which it, it probably is true that she's had a lot of these past lives in different eras of history, and so she likes to take different elements of these past you know thousand year fashion and kind of incorporate it in her design which is actually kind of cool where it gets weird is when it brings in a lot of weird dark elements to it um another thing uh, a fashion another guy a friend of hers who um draws i think he's an artist he did a comic book for her and she goes in in the video and explains the comic book but what she says is uh she goes so the, the whole point of this comic book she goes back in times to recruit people like cleopatra and everything else to bring them back into our time with the sole purpose of killing donald trump so <laughs> that's that's her comic book and that's the ending they killed donald trump at the ending of the comic book so there it is right there. And the other thing is she talks about this movie and I never heard of this before called all it's by Alejandro Dordowski and it's called Holy Mountain and holy heck, this movie is weird. Um, it's, he kind of went on this, the, the director kind of went on this weird spiritual retreat. Um, and this was made in the seventies and this is like it's, eyes wide shut stuff. This is it's weird. completely like eyes wide shut stuff. Yeah, this is just the beginning. So, and it goes through with this like Jesus kind of character, and and it's all about the um. There's all these elements of the tarot cards. So the whole different cards within the tarot deck are played out through this whole entire movie, and. Um, I forget. Oh, it starts out with the fool. That's supposed to be the fool that it starts out with. And, and then it gets into this weird thing about this story about 
this guy that's supposedly Jesus, but he's like not Jesus. And, and, oh my God, it's, it's, I started watching a little bit of it and it's like really twisted and weird and kind of dark. Um, now some people would, would be like, wow, this is a very artsy kind of film. Um, you know, and I can understand that, but it's like, I, I think when it, when it adds these like weird elements of, um, kind of, it's, it's a very sexual film, um, that's kind of bringing Jesus into a weird way. And anyway, it, it's, that's it's like super disrespectful. Cool. No matter what kind of art you want to make, why do you yeah. have to do that kind of concept? Exactly. So, um, yeah, it's kind of strange. It's a very strange thing. So, um, but when I started looking a little bit more into, um, the, uh, Dilara, Dilara, uh, I found something very interesting. Um, so, well, one, she does these weird designs like Lindsay, uh, you can bring this up. This is pretty kind of strange stuff. Um, this is her designs that she made and I don't know, all this like weird bondage, crazy craziness and stuff. And this is some of her designs that you can get for this industry and whatnot. But, um, the really, really big one is that she put on a quote unquote satanic fashion show, uh, inside of a church. And this is her fashion show inside this church. Uh, this is just like one part of it. And there was everything from upside down, well, like regular pentagrams, like you're seeing upside down pentagrams. There was upside down crosses. There was all this weird kind of Illuminati symbolism throughout the entire thing. Um, the uh and let's see i think there's more photos Lindsay, in that link if you just kind of maybe i only saw those two let me look again oh that's weird i how about I while we're looking we play dude another trailer okay that works that's weird they disappeared okay let's play another trailer and we'll get more into this okay sounds good bloodline is extremely important in this an active Freemason whistleblower. I was ultimately approved uh, to join. Reveals his story for the first time. So I got into it by reading about it, and then I petitioned to join a lodge in the area. Discover things you never knew. Here's the mind-blowing thing. There's a book in this library by John Dewey. Insider knowledge never before divulged. But he, he literally told me, he said, in a Wall Street firm. One of the 13 bloodlines, up close and personal. This is going to sound like I'm making it up, but I really did feel uh, something I never experienced on meeting another person on this earth. So that was actually uh, somebody we interviewed who was a, um, a Freemason. Uh, I think he was a third degree Freemason and in New York City, no less. And um, he had a long history with his family and being a part of the Freemasonry and whatnot. And some of the things that he experienced and the people that he met um, 
Yeah, there's some really interesting stories that he was telling. He, there was one one person he's he's he wasn't sure which Rothschild or Rockefeller it was because it was a while ago. But yeah, he goes in this whole story about meeting um, this person in New York City and how it was just. He just said it felt like death just entered the room. He's like everybody was talking, and as soon as this person entered the room, it was like everybody got quiet. And so he goes into detail about what he experienced there, what kind of people he was meeting, and um, the kind of things that they were talking about. So pretty interesting stuff. And uh, we did like a pretty extensive background search on this guy before we, we like you know, brought him out and talk for him to talk about all this. So it's very interesting. And he did four parts. Four parts, yeah. Yeah, because I think it was like a two and a half hour interview or two hour interview or something like that. So we kind of broke it up a little bit. So, all right, let's go back to, um, you know, I okay, I, I, I thought there was more photos and for some reason I couldn't find any more. But okay, yeah, this is all part of, um, again, her name is uh, um, Delara, um, gosh, what's her, her last name? I'm always having such a trouble... Findiculu, I don't know. Yeah, Findiculu. Yeah, um, Delara Findiculu uh, is her name. So anyway, so at this church, they actually this this in it was at this church. They it looks like they didn't tell the church really what was going on because the church um, came out to apologize uh, for allowing her to use its altar as a runway for models who. And it goes on to say donned outfits with demonic symbolism, including inverted crosses, devil horns, and what was publicized as a satanic fashion show. It was literally, that's what it was billed as. So I don't think either the church knew and, you know, but I have a feeling it probably didn't know, but I, it was still weird nonetheless. But she actually reposted this. So for anybody out there that's like, well, wait a minute, how do we know this is really her? They did this like she, though she, so she didn't make this post, but she retweeted this post um, from this golden horn that that talked about her fashion show. Um, so was the purpose to make fun of the church or just be terrible or what's the purpose? Well, the, in that post, it says to glorify Satan. It literally says that in that post. So I would, I bet they kind of did this as like a, let's just, what would be, what would be the most extreme thing that we can do? Let's go to a, let's have a fashion show all about Satan inside a church. That's probably, that's probably how that conversation went. So just, I mean, I think, a lot of these people do these things to get attention. Um, and she had, she kind of, I mean, she's from Turkey. I was kind of reading about her life. You know, she was really struggling as a, as an independent artist, her stuff wasn't really being accepted. So she kind of went off and did her own thing and um, really try to make a name for herself. And I guess that's how she made a name for herself. So, and now, you know, you have like Doja Cat tattooing her forehead, her name on her forehead. It's so freaking weird. But there was a lot of other celebrities that was using her designs um, for the Grammys. There's a lot of music videos, uh, a lot of celebrities that do all the like really bizarre music videos and stuff that her, her designs are in there. So Taylor Swift didn't have her design. I, I, I forget who... It was like some other in 
fashion person that I don't know. So, um, all right. Well, before we, um, you know, I kind of like when we're going to switch over here, but um, I kind of want to leave on it on a more positive note. There's still a few things that we'll, we'll I want to talk about, but we can, we'll talk about those on Rise TV. But, you know, um, Joni Mitchell, so she performed for the for the first time in her entire life at um, the Grammys. She's never performed at the Grammys. She's like 80 something years old. She had an accident. So she's uh, wheelchair bound. So she was sitting in a chair the whole time that she was singing. But she performed um, one of her first songs that she ever um, made. And I can't remember the name of it, to be honest. But it was kind of a, a really big highlight um, for, it. you know, some people, she wrote this song. Okay, so she was 80-something years old, and she wrote the song when she was 21. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just pretty cool that, and then, like, yeah, Billy Joel that also performed. So, yeah, it's it's kind of cool that it's not just all, like, they're, they're kind of like, okay, you know, if we want to get more people let's have more of a wider range of people performing and not just like what's popular right now. So I think that was a kind of a smart way to do it. And I think that kind of pulled in more people. Another, another thing, you know, we were talking about like Jesus and we we're talking about all the satanic stuff, but the chosen series, uh, I I've actually been watching this series and it is so good. I'm actually really blown away by how good it is. And it's all about, it's more about Jesus's disciples than focusing on Jesus himself and kind of like the process that his disciples have to go through um, when they understand who or how they understand who he is. And then when Jesus isn't around, how they interact with each other. And it's such a wonderful series. So if you haven't seen it or have it, or don't even know about it, it's called The Chosen Series. They have a hundred million views already for this series that's a lot so the first season is on netflix and then the you can watch it all on angel studios but um it is a phenomenal show i i, I really have been blown away by the writing the acting and even the cinematography in this thing so um that's something i just kind of want to end on it's more of a positive note you know we have all the satanic stuff that's just so rampant in our society but I think because it's so rampant, it's kind of causing this, like people are looking for, for more wholesome, really good things right now. And I think these kinds of things are getting really popular because it's like, there's so much of this is in our face that we naturally want to look for something that's good. So, um, yeah. So anyway, it's a phenomenal show. It really is. And the guy that they got, who who plays Jesus? I thought did is is doing a really good job. I'm only on like season two, but I guess season four is already in the theaters. So anyway, all right, we got it. We're gonna jump over to Rise TV now and do our uh, Q and A. And also, there's one more thing. I guess we could potentially talk about. Let's see how much time we have. So anyway, so for those of you um, that want to support what we do, come over to rise.tv for just $12.99 a month or try Rise TV with a free trial. You can go to rise.tv slash trial and um, just check out what we have. We have hundreds of videos and episodes and some documentaries on our platform. 
enough there to last um, months of content anyway, <laughs> maybe even a year. So, and of course, every live show we do a Q&A where you get to ask us your questions in the live chat on rise.tv. And of course, your, your support lets us do these deep dives and do the show that otherwise we can't do and also that the censors don't want you to hear. So we're going to show one more trailer and then we'll see you guys over on Rise TV. And we're also going to do a meditation slash prayer um, at the end of the show as well. So, all right, see you guys over there. When disease strikes humanity, when corruption is on the rise, when darkness descends, how can we find the light? Noble governors, honorable caretakers, destructive dictators. Each time a plague hit, the state of the people seemed to determine their fate. What if this were a pattern nobody has ever looked at before? Are people's illnesses tied to their spirits? Does chaos in society reflect chaos in the cosmos? This goes deeper than any history books look at plagues has ever gone before. Plague Part 2 Divine Retribution Get your questions ready because it's time for our live Q&A session exclusively on Rise.tv.